can I just say, I'd like to be in a community group with the Bartels. So, I mean, that, that's, you're awesome leaders. And I thank you for giving us a little insight into what community groups have meant with you to you over so many years. Can I also just say, you sound fantastic this morning. I got a little teary. It was like, man, that's good. It just sounded so good to be together, so good to worshiping together. So uh, way to go on that. Well, we uh, have a mission here at CCF, and our mission is to make maturing disciples of Jesus. There's more to that. That's what we kind of cut it off oftentimes, is that we want to make maturing disciples. But we have two more phrases that go with that. Who live in Christian community and bring the hope of the gospel to the world. And for the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about this idea of living in Christian community. There is something on the inside of all of us. There's a longing on the inside of all of us to belong. We have this innate desire on the inside of us to be in places where we are valued, where we feel at home, where we feel loved, where we feel as though we're accepted. Uh, we love to congregate as people. That's kind of what we do. Uh, whether it's a book club, a soccer club, a music concert, we love to gather anytime we have something in common and we create community around that. And oftentimes we can go to great lengths to move to create a community. By great lengths, I mean we can do some pretty extreme things. Let me give you an example of that. There's something that some of you know about, and it's called the Burning Man Festival. It's held in the desert every spring in California. And people from all walks of life and all over the world come to this very eclectic spot in the desert in order to uh, uh, party, as it were, to live in tents and other dwellings, to eat. I mean, there's just all kinds of activity, shall we say, that happens at the Burning Man. And it ends uh, always the same way on the night that's designated. The effigy of the man that's made of wood, they burn in the desert. And I was going to show you, you know, you remember the picture I had a couple weeks ago of my heavenly body? I was going to show you a picture of me at Burning Man, but I, you know, I thought they wouldn't believe that. And you probably have good reason why you wouldn't believe that. It's probably not my gig, all right? But I'm here to say we as humans go to great lengths in order to commune together, to be together. Humans have an innate desire again to connect. Let me give you some examples of that. I know there's some people in here that love to connect around golf. Can I hear an amen? amen? Yeah, there it is. There it is. There's some of you that love to connect around cooking. Maybe you cook. Amen. All right. There we are. Uh, we love to connect around cooking. Maybe you're part of a cooking club or you just love to cook with family members. And so again, that's a, maybe a, a common thing to do. Did you know that one of the largest groups in the Edmonds area is a gardening club called the Edmonds Florentum Garden Club. Anybody a member of that here? I'm just curious. Hey, we do. Sheila is. All right. Maybe some others are too. But uh, again, that is a very famous club. Thousands of people are a part of that because they love gardening and they love communicating with each other around gardening. Some are a part of the Cahaya Swim Club. And the swim club all exists to get kids in the pool or people in the pool swimming together. So that's a big part of our community. Maybe some of you have an ethnic heritage and you're a part of some sort of group or association that deals with your ethnic heritage. I will tell you, I, I kind of wish, maybe uh, my, my quiet longing is that I had grown up Greek because I love Greek festivals, Greek food, Greek music, Greek dancing. I mean, it's just like all part of the vibe. I love that. And so again, if you're part of an ethnic heritage, maybe that's a, a form of, of community that you have. So with all of that 
community, what about Christian community? Over the next number of weeks, I want to talk to you about Christian community. What is Christian community? How did God build Christian community? How do we participate in Christian community? In the next three weeks, we're going to talk about how to experience Christian community. And thus, that's the title of this sermon series, is Experience Community. Here's what I want you to hear today. Christian community is unique from all other kinds of human community. That's what I want you to hear today. That Christian community is unique. It stands apart from all the others. I'm not down on other forms of community. I've just listed off many ways that we might go and have community with others. But I'm here to tell you, Christian community is different. It's unique. And I want you to make sure and get why. Because you're a part of that. If you're in Christ today, God is calling you into Christian community. So, the place where I want to begin today is the uh, Greek word that we use in the Bible that deals with community, and that word is, some of you know it, koinonia. Say that with me, koinonia. And anytime you see words in English in the Bible that are fellowship, or association, or community, or participation, those are the translation in English from the Greek that is that word koinonia. It's used 20 times in the scriptures, and every time it denotes something about sharing. It's about sharing. It's either about something that I share with someone, or it's about something that I share in with someone. Here's the better way for me to put it. If I'm giving something away to somebody, then that's a form of koinonia in which I'm sharing with somebody. If I'm just with somebody in the difficulties of life, that's also koinonia because I'm, with, I'm giving me, I'm giving my presence in that moment. Let me give you a couple of other examples that might help you get this idea of koinonia in the scriptures. If you are with somebody who's just suffered a loss, and boy, we all suffer losses at different times in our lives, but if you're with that person, you really are engaged with that person, at that moment you're experiencing koinonia. If you are, for instance, giving somebody uh, uh, groceries that uh, has suffered a job loss, you at that moment are sharing koinonia. If you're with somebody in a discipleship relationship, at the moment you're sharing koinonia. And so the basic understanding of koinonia is that something that we share with each other. But today, again, I want to show you why Christian community is unique and why it's different from all other forms of community. I have four things I want to tell you about how it's unique today, and here's the starting point. Christian community is unique because it has a divine origin. No other community can claim this, that it's from God, and humans didn't begin it. Humans didn't engineer it. Not like Burning Man or other things where people think, why wouldn't it be great to go to a desert somewhere and do something? No, God is the one that instituted this. And I'm in 1 John chapter 1, verse 3. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, here it is, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. So we normally think of fellowship as something that's here. It's with each other. But this verse and this, uh, the, the Bible in general is claiming to us that fellowship is bigger. Koinonia is bigger than that. It starts actually with God himself. And he's the one that starts fellowship with us. Of course, this also it begins long before any of us were ever even made. 
because the fellowship existed between Father, Son, and Spirit. They had a oneness. They had a unity. They had a sharing of one with another. And all of that now spills out to us as we are in the process of creating community one with another. Now again, you, no other group can claim this. You know, a running club can't claim, you know, hey, uh, you know, we, we have our origin from God. Seahawks Nation can't claim that, although some might want to. I mean, I get that. But, you know, you, you can't claim that, that you have that origin, that it is really from God. You think about your neighborhood. And people who in your neighborhood form a sense of community one with another because they share the same living space. They, they've moved to the same area. But they, again, they can't claim necessarily that, that this is of divine origin, as it were, of, of the start of their homeowners association. Christian community is unique because it is God's design. It started all the way back in the Old Testament. Abraham was the one that God chose in order to make a nation from. And think about this. God could have chosen another nation that already existed. God could have said, you know what? I choose the Egyptians. I am now going to be the God of the Egyptians. Or he could have gone as extreme as saying, you know, I'm going to be the God of the Vulcans. I mean, you know, he could have chosen anybody. But he doesn't do that. He says, I'm going to choose one guy and I'm going to make a nation out of a people that have never been a people before. And that's exactly what he is doing now with the church also. He's calling us to be in community first with him and then with each other. And he is our origin. God makes stuff that we may try to imitate as human beings, but we never can quite match what he has done. So, so again, we might try to form other kinds of community that match the community that he gives in his church and through relationship with him, but it will always be a facsimile of that. Let me give you an example of that, of something that's uh, man-made that's maybe not as good as the original. Uh, you think about diamonds. You think about diamonds and how many diamonds are given uh, at weddings. I mean, that's kind of jewelry when we think about diamonds and we think about weddings, those go hand in hand. And you think about the number of diamonds given, it's astronomical. You know, you can't make a diamond very easily. A diamond takes time and it takes pressure. And time and pressure over years created those diamonds. And now people, like in parts of Africa, for instance, go and dig those diamonds up. And those are what are spread around the world to be used for important things like rings. Now, again, we are pretty ingenious. And so we've actually learned how to make a form of a diamond in a lab. In fact, in a number of hours, you could make a cubic zirconia. And that is, again, our best facsimile of what a diamond is. And to an untrained person, it looks very, very similar. Of course, at a fraction of the cost. I'm wondering how many husbands snuck a cubic zirconia to their wife and they, they don't know that. I think I'm here to tell you if I had done that, you would probably have a two-carat honker on your hand. You know, we, we went the real route, so she had a tiny one. But, you know, hey, there, there you are. To an untrained person, it looks very similar. But if you're a trained person and you look at that diamond, you can figure out immediately that it's not the real thing. All I'm trying to say to you is that God is the origin of our community, and He does it very well, and that's what He has invited us into. No other form of human community can claim that distinction. I have another one that makes it very unique. It's very similar to the first one here. Our second thing that makes Christian community so unique is that it's centered on one person. It's centered on the purpose, or excuse me, the, the focus or the person of Jesus Christ. 
I'm in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 9. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. It's the fellowship that is with the Son. He is the focus of our interest. He is the focus of our energies. Now, other forms of Christian community normally form, excuse me, other forms of community, human community, form around a concept or a topic or an interest. Let me give you an example. Did you know that today, right now in the world, there are 2.5 billion, with a B, gamers? People that do online or digital gaming or use their phone or use a computer or use a game console of some kind. You heard me right. Almost a third of our world today is involved with gaming. A very popular online game is Minecraft. Raise your hand if you've ever played Minecraft before. Ah, we, got some, we got some gamers here. And that's a fun one. If you have not played it, I have a picture here of Minecraft. And it is a gigantic world, a digital world that you go into. And you're able to claim some space and make something. You could make a home. You could make a garden. You could make a bridge. You have these bricks and materials that you can use in order to build in the Minecraft world. To give you an idea, it is 1.5 billion square miles. I had no idea how much that was, so I had to look it up. It is eight Earths. That's how big the Minecraft space is. And so you can be a homesteader, and you can go into Minecraft, and you can build to your heart's content, maybe run across some other people and interact with them in the building process too. That's not what I really want you to hear, though, because this is, I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty amazing. But here's what I want you to hear. Did you know that at any moment in time around the world, there are a million people playing that game? A million people that are on playing that game simultaneously. And here's what I want you to hear from that. Again, they have done that because they have the shared interest of playing the game Minecraft. That's what they do, and it's the, the, the shared interest that brings them together. Maybe some of you are part of like Lions or Kiwanis because you want to do good in the community. And so that's your shared interest. Maybe you're a fan of the Sounders football club. And so that's your shared interest. Youth baseball, gymnastics, wrestling. All of those things are shared interests that form the basis of our human community. But God's unique community is based around not just an interest, but a person. The person is the shared interest that we all have in the case of entering Christian community. It's fellowship with Jesus Christ, but it's also being made to be like Him. No other form of human community has the focus upon becoming like that person, uh, becoming like the single person that is the focus, again, of all of the direction and energies and what we learn from and, and we grow from. No other form of human community can say that. And let me give you an example in order to maybe drive home this point. I love the cooking of Bobby Flay. Bobby Flay, have you ever seen Bobby Flay or maybe you've experienced some recipes from Bobby Flay? I think Bobby Flay is one of the best cooks in America today. And Denise and I were probably introduced to him years ago. You remember there's a program called Iron Chef and some of the best cooks would come together and they would have these cook-offs and they would see who could, in a short amount of time, could make some amazing things. And that's what we learned about Bobby Flay. Bobby Flay has uh, many cookbooks and many books about cooking. I went on Amazon. There are dozens of them. He's a very prolific author. And you could say that there is a community around Bobby Flay. I mean, it's, it's a fair word to say. Is there some people that are like saying, you know, hey, I like to cook like Bobby Flay. Or I like to listen to Bobby Flay even talk about cooking because that's a cool thing to do. Now imagine if you were listening to Bobby Flay one day 
And Bobby Flay got done with his little episode and he did something amazing in the kitchen and you're like, wow, that is really cool. I probably could never match that in the kitchen, but I sure love watching him do that. And he turned the corner and he said, you know, today I'm entering a new chapter in my life and in my career and in my show. Today, I'm trying to teach everybody not just how to cook like Bobby Flay. I'm trying to teach people how to be Bobby Flay. To be Bobby Flay, to live like Bobby Flay, and to do everything Bobby Flay in their lives. We would go, uh, bro, have you, have you like, spun out here? You, bro, you need, you need a vacation. Because Bobby Flay does not exist in order for us to emulate him in any other way than what he does in the kitchen. And that is what makes Christian community so unique is that we are saying that this person, Jesus Christ, is somebody that we're becoming like. We're not just learning from, we're not learning about him, but we're becoming like him. And there's no other group that can claim that distinction. Hear me, again, I'm not down on human clubs, I'm not down on associations in any other way, but that's what makes the distinction of Christian community so unique. It's what forms our basis and our union with God is that God calls us into that and we have our singular focus upon this person, Jesus Christ. All right, let's continue on. Third, our community is unique because it has eternal weight. What other community can claim that what it does is eternal? I love car clubs and if I had a cool car, maybe like a 1968 Dodge Charger, I would love that. I would love driving that. I would love having that cool car to be able to show to others. But let's face it, the car burns up in the end. It doesn't last. It's not eternal. And we as Christians are dealing in the categories of weighty things, of eternal things. And you can't claim that if you're a part of a sport or a political group or you have a hobby. All of those will never make the eternal category. But we have one that does. 1 Timothy 4 verse 8 says this, For physical training is of some value, But godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. And so we hold the things of eternity when we are in community with one another. We're caring for souls that last for eternity. We're handling the word of God that lasts for eternity. We're expressing prayers that are being built up and are uh, logged in heaven, lasting for all of eternity. The things that we have have eternal weight. Think about it when Peter came to the Ethiopian eunuch. He met him there on that chariot. They had a brief discussion, and that brief discussion changed the life eternally of the, the eunuch. That was a, a, a day in which his life uh, you know, changed forever. You think about Paul who spoke to the Philippian jailer, and his whole family came to know Christ. That not only changed the, the human trajectory of that family, but it changed the eternal trajectory of that family. And so the things that we are doing are weighty. They matter. You think about your Christian, your your neighbors who are not Christians yet, and every time you know them, you invite them into the community that you have with Jesus, you are changing things for all of eternity because the things that we handle are weighty things. When we gather for worship, like today, we're rehearsing for all of eternity. When you're in a women's group or perhaps a community group, you're experiencing something that is for all of eternity. When you care for somebody that's hurting, you're handling something that is eternity. When we share the gospel, perhaps with coworkers, we are touching part of community. So our Christian community has its origin in God, 
It has its focus upon the one person, Jesus Christ, and the things that we're handling are eternal. I have one more thing I want you to see today. Fourth, Christian community is unique because it requires a deep life commitment, not some form of superficial association. Hebrews 13, 16 says this, don't neglect to do good and to share, that is koinonia, what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Koinonia is literally what you have or what you own and you're giving that away to somebody else. True fellowship, true, true koinonia, true community is always going to cost you something and you're going to come and enter in with your life. You're going to give your time or resources or care or your very self to somebody else. We only have koinonia when we are devoted to somebody, when we're devoted enough to actually share and sacrifice with that individual and truly enter into what they are experiencing at that moment. And so we're not just sharing, but we're somehow mutually identifying with somebody else. We're emotionally feeling what they feel. There's an episode that happened nine years ago, just earlier this month, that I want to bring to your attention it was the death of somebody that's beloved to this congregation. It was the death of Norm Davis. And I have his picture here with his wife, Joanne. And Norm was a special man. Uh, Norm knew how to care for people very, very well. Norm uh, went out of his way to give of himself and to share what he had with so many others. The list is almost countless. Norm uh, was on a ladder just cutting a branch very quickly before they were scheduled to go off to the fair that day. And he fell off his ladder and he landed on his head and his shoulder. They rushed him to Harborview Hospital, but he was in bad shape. And I'll never forget that day because in the lobby at Harborview was about 40 people from church that surrounded Joanne. The surgeon came out into the lobby that day and he said, Mrs. Davis, can I get a word with you? I'd like to tell you a little bit about your husband's prognosis. And she said, you know, whatever you have to share with me, you may share with all that are here. And so we all leaned in that day, and we listened to that doctor say, we've done all that we can, and we think your husband is brain dead. And we're advising you to probably remove life support. She didn't struggle long, actually, with that decision. She kind of, I think, intuitively knew that's probably where this was going in the next day. She removed life support from her beloved husband and our beloved brother. I bring that to you today because it wasn't just that we were with Joanne. We felt grief with Joanne that day. We entered into that moment with her, and it's one that's seared in my mind and will be for all of my life, maybe even all of eternity, because we could just so feel the gravity of that moment, and we could feel how important that, that was and it took something for all of us to remain in that space. It's sometimes hard to remain in that space with other people because tragedy is oftentimes what we're surrounding ourselves with in the church when we are really experiencing koinonia. And maybe that's why the church is so important. Maybe that's why Christian community is so important because where else would you normally experience that in other parts of life? Sure, you hear somebody that maybe has some problem, but this gives you that avenue to actually enter in and be with somebody in the midst of that. I know some of you are saying, mm, boy, I don't know if I want to sign up for that. Imagine if Jesus had said, you know, Father, I'm not sure I want to sign up with all the problems for the people. He didn't do that. 
Jesus willingly came and love compelled him to spend his life in the close proximity with people that were in the ditch. That was us. Well, friends, here's what I want you to hear today. Christian community is very unique. It has a divine origin. It's focused on a singular person. It is something that we exercise that has eternal weight, and it's something that's going to require our sacrifice. We are going to have to be all in in order to fully experience it. So what this fall is a way that you might experience Christian community. Can I say start this way? Start by asking God that you're experiencing more community with Him. You cannot experience community with others in Christian community unless you have, first of all, community with the Father. For those of you who have never trusted Christ as your Savior, that's the starting spot. Is You have to have relationship with the Father through Jesus in order to be able to have relationship, Christian relationship with others. Secondly, perhaps you would find somebody that you would walk with this year. Maybe it would be a community group or a women's Bible study or maybe a group that you're volunteer with. But find somebody who needs help and then jump in with them. Maybe it's somebody that uh, you need to go visit in the hospital or take a meal to or tutor somebody or visit a shut-in or maybe it's somebody who's a single mom in a yard that you need to clean. You need to cry with somebody. You need to celebrate with somebody. Christian community is a unique gift from God, but it calls for us to empty our lives in order to enter into it. Let me just give one more word for community groups. As Pastor James said, those are launching right now. You've received, again, an email about that, maybe a text message about that today. It's a sign-up form. And let me remind you what community groups are and what they do. There are about 12 to 15 people that come together They meet on a regular basis. Some have different timings of when they meet each month, but you get the idea. And they meet normally in a home. Some groups still meet on Zoom, and that's okay. But the groups are coming together to say, we're going to pray together. We're going to care for each other. We're going to study the scriptures with one another. We're going to try as best we can to walk out life with each other and care for each other, bring each other along in the faith. If that's something that you are intrigued by, something that you'd want to do, can fit into your schedule. I'm hoping you'll actually make room in your schedule in order to do that. We'd love to link you up with other people that fit kind of your demographic, as it were, fit the times of the week that you could meet and some of the interests that you have. And so if you'll fill out that form, we will make sure to get back to you and give you some suggestions about groups that might be good matches for you. Christian community It's unique from all other forms of human community, and it's what we need. It's what God has given to us to progress in our faith. Let's pray. Lord, we recognize today that we're talking about something that is your idea. (laughs) You said that community is what you would create with us through the church and through our connecting one with another as brothers and sisters in Christ. And boy, do we want to learn more about that, and boy, do we want to lean into that with all that we have. If that's a gift that you've given to us, let us receive that, and let us say yes to that in so many ways. I pray for those right now that are on the edge of saying, "Mm, do I involved in a community group this year? Do I sign up for that? I pray you'd compel them, push them towards that, and that they would be matched up with a group of people that would help them understand the true nature of you and the life that you give. Thank you, Lord, for all that have gathered here today. We long to uh, be yours, 
And we long to do that as we relate one another in the church with all the gifts, all the skills, all the abilities that you've given to us, but most of all around the bond that we have around Jesus, our Savior. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen.